Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Hello, welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast. Don and Sue's here with you. We are in our culture series. Yes, and in our within our culture series, we're talking about ex- encouraging extravagantly and correcting Easy word for you carefully. To say. And then within that, we're today we're going to talk about anger. And um, so the, you might say, how in the world do you talk about anger while you're encouraging extravagantly? But really, it's about that correcting carefully, right? Because so, and I would say, and tell me if you agree with this, Suzanne. I would say ninety. Eight percent of parents, ninety-nine percent of parents struggle with anger. Yes, because little children can be so annoying. <laughs> because they can, I mean, they, they they know how to push our buttons at a level that nobody. I mean, other than a okay, customer a qu- customer help C- people. Customer. <laughs> That's my hot button. So so uh, my family knows that that the people when they don't help me right, I don't like that. Um, but let me ask you a question. So you know, that's a great example. I get mad at customer service people. Do we think that? Is it is, are children the issue or is anger the are we just wired to be angry and and you know um, I think we get angry at other things too but what you're saying is is that um, kids have a way of pushing our buttons in well ways. I know as a mom but as a dad like I don't really remember you getting angry with the kids I don't you know I don't remember oh I think I mean you know I think that I was really irritated I would you know it's there's so much about anger that we think that anger is blowing up at somebody, that that's really, yeah, that's the, the what, standard yeah. says that the definition is you're blowing up at somebody. I think the standard's a lot lower, higher than that, however you mm-hmm. want to look at it, because broader giving a, uh, a, a really negative look is, is anger. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when you are, um, you know, walking around all frustrated and annoyed, you know, cause your kid doesn't do something or a harsh uh, tone, just, you know, snide comments. Um, yeah. and sometimes we turned into joking and, you know, derogatory, but it's all based in anger. It's all based in, we didn't get our way. We didn't get what we wanted. And so we're annoyed, irritated, frustrated, uh, whatever it is. And sometimes it comes out in a loud outburst mm-hmm. that we associate. Now that's the, Oh, that's really, really angry. But so often it's just disapproval. It's just, you know, that I think there's a lot of different definitions of anger. And so to go back to your question where you asked, are we angry at the kid, you know, or, or is it our own issue? And to answer that, I would say it's our issue 100%. And you said it perfectly because we didn't get our way. Yeah. We are throwing a fit just like a child does because the child at our child, if, if we're, if that's who we're showing it to, because the child didn't put their shoes on in time or they didn't get in the car or they made a mess or they were mean to their sibling. I mean, the list goes on and on for reasons why we would, we get well, angry with our kid, but the bottom line is we're not getting what we want. And the Bible talks about anger a lot and it, it, it says things like refrain from anger and turn from wrath in Psalms 37, 8. It says in Proverbs 29, an angry person stirs up conflict. <laughs> Isn't that so true? An angry person stirs up conflict and a hot-tempered person commits many sins. How often do we really do something well? We always talk about, well, you know, Jesus was angry when he cleared the temple. Okay, you know, I mean, 
how often have we been angry and good things came out of it? I mean, now let's flip that for a minute because the re- one of the reasons we do anger is with our kids, especially is because we think it works. It, it it's, does it's work the way, it, well, initially. It, it works in the short term. Yeah. And so it, it works to get them to comply. I remember, I think we said this on another podcast, but I remember you saying that um, when you were had young children that it felt like you had to yell to get them to obey. They wouldn't do anything right. unless you chose to yell. And so, um, and otherwise they just sat there and watched TV or didn't, you know, but isn't that true? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I would say that as a young mom, I, I walked in frustration, irritation, and annoyance a lot. I mean, those are just fancy words for anger, but I, I found I was a very angry. And honestly, I don't think it was until, I mean, they all grew up a little bit and they were much more independent, but I just remember even the boys having a conversation with me, mom, with me saying, mom, I don't, I really hate it when you get mad. Like I really, and I'm not even mad at them. Like if I'm just frustrated at some city, whatever, the oven's not working. And, and that made me reflect and think about, okay, when I am angry, whether it is at them or whether it's in a a situation, what that does is it actually causes conflict within them. It causes Mm -hmm. them pain. It causes them grief. And initially as a young mom, I used that anger to motivate them to obey because they didn't want mom mad at them, but not realizing that I was, um, withdrawing from them. Well, so here's what I I want to encourage you parents that even though Suzanne and I spent probably the first decade of our married life and parenting life, pretty angry, frustrated, annoyed, you know, intense. Yes. Our kids still turned out good. And so, but so there's always room to, to, but I'm going to get to what you said at the last point of that, that we use anger to get compliance, to get obedience or whatever. But the shift we got to make, and that's what yeah. the Bible wants. It's not Don and Suzanne telling you to make a shift. It's um, it's the it's God wanting you to make a shift. That anger is a very expensive, very expensive relationship withdrawal. Yeah. That over time, anger puts a wedge in relationships. And consistent anger, and really even um, the occasional blowups. I mean, if they know, if your kids yeah. know, oh gosh dad's going to get mad at this, you know, and they always say that, but I mean, but you know, it's like mad is one thing or maybe disappointed is another thing, but I mean, but really the blow up, you know, there, and and really what happens is, is that uh, you start to, the kids start to distance from you because they don't want to handle, just like the boys said to Suzanne, Mm -hmm. I don't like it when you're angry. Well, that's an expression. That's a positive expression to try to solve the problem. Many times kids will just put up a wall and they say, I can't handle that disapproval. I can't handle that anger. So I'm going to distance. And so that's where anger, it solves the short term problem of getting them to comply or getting somebody to, you know, go get their clothes, go get their clothes, go get their shoes on or whatever it is. But in the long term, it it drips in a wedge in relationships. Yeah. I mean, and so that's, I feel like that was a really fancy way to say anger is damaging and we have to realize that we have to address that and acknowledge that, that when I get angry, it is damaging. And you, you mentioned Jesus turning over the tables 
you know, I've used that example so many times. I fully, completely believe that Jesus was not out of control once. He walked in the fruit of the Spirit. He had self-control. He knew exactly what he was doing. He didn't go in there just, oh my, and just out of, he, well, he, he of I fact, believe he planned. I mean, you know, he walked if, in if and he goes. This, if you read the scripture on that, it says that, I got oh, I wish I had I before. just read it. Well, no, but it says that he actually prepared his rope. Yes. That, you know, so if you think about it like a rope of three strands, like he actually made his rope before he went in there and cleared the table. So he's not going, he, it wasn't just a reaction. He's like, hey, I'm fixing to take these boys out. Yeah. And, and there, there is a time as a parent when you need to be forceful. You know, there's, there is, a, and, and I think we, we associate, you know, forcefulness with anger and, and we really, it, anger is a totally different deal. It's this, it's this, uh, out of control, uh, it's yeah. losing your emotional, you know, uh, being it's I'm wronged. There's so much that's in anger. Well, and so that like, even as you're talking, I'm thinking, okay, at the core, if, if we respond in, or if we react in anger, it's because we didn't get our way. But if we react in firmness, Jesus didn't go in there thinking, oh, these temples are in here and I'm not getting my way. I told him not to have the temples in here or the tables in the temple. No, it was the tables are not supposed to be here because this is my father's house. Mm -hmm. This is a house of worship. And so there was righteousness that was being denied and that's where he came in and said we've got to get rid of this and so if as parents I mean I believe that anger is a God-given emotion and it is for us it's really good anger is what helps the mother lift the car off the baby that's you know or the anger is the thing that I, I we... want to see that one time I just want to <laughs> see the mom lifting the baby the, the, mm. yeah but anger anger is it does fuel us but what is at the core of our anger that's what we have to think about when you're interacting when we're interacting with our children and anger comes up. If you can just think for a second, okay, what's at the bottom of this? Is this because I'm not getting my way? Or is yeah. this because something, you know, righteous or unrighteous is happening and it needs to be corrected? And if you look at where Jesus got angry, he got angry at the pharisaical rule following, arrogant, and the money changers, the people who were being um, deceitful with the people. That's what was motivated. Whenever they brought G children to Jesus, mm -hmm. he never got mad at them. Right. He, he he said, "Bring those to me." He wanted to bless Let them. The children he come. he yeah. never did so, uh, because I think Jesus knew that how to handle children, but he also knew that anger is, is super expensive. And and here's why. Yeah. There, there's three things that really anger does, and this is what we're trying to do. And this was a big big flip for me as a parent. When I realized, you know, the, the impact of my anger mm -hmm. and, you know, and realized I had four girls at first, so I had five women in my house, the standard, I, I couldn't even breathe angry without them, under, without them feeling like I had just, you know, uh, done something horrible. Well, and just, let me just touch down on that for just a second, because anger is not just in our words. It's not just an outburst. It is in our face. It's in our, I mean, in our, our kids pick up on that. Did you know that our kids read our nonverbals more than they hear our words? They, sometimes they can't even comprehend the communication that we're doing, but they read our nonverbals. And so Don said he couldn't even breathe. He couldn't have a, a frown on his face. He couldn't have his eyes in a, you know, where they're burrowed down. He couldn't do any of that because the the girls picked up on his disapproval and know that when our kids feel our anger we are rejecting them 
We are not rejecting what they've done in their little souls. They feel rejection that you rejecting daddy, mommy don't love me, well, don't like and, me. And so I had to flip because I saw, um, I saw the damage it was doing. And, and there's three things that we think that I mean, there's maybe others, but three in particular, one of them is anger produces fear in our children. Um, children of angry parents hide from their parents. And so they, and then they tend to hide from life as well. So one of the things is physical and emotional fear and physical and emotional hiding happens when we are angry. Um, another one is aggressiveness. Um, sometimes when, you know, it's like they either have to run from it or fight it. You know, you yeah. think about, I mean, think about it in the extreme where the kid who has an abusive dad finally just stands up to the dad and says, I'm going to fight you. And, you know, and they, he takes the baseball bat against the dad or whatever and fights the dad or wants to punch him or whatever. And the dad, they get into a fist fight. Well, that's the extreme of that. But, but that's what happens. Sometimes it will bring out aggressiveness because one, they've learned that angry behavior from the parent. And also they feel like they have to respond in some way, either they withdraw or they respond. Yeah. And I, and I would say that the, uh, I feel like that the fear withdrawal and then the attacking, the, the aggressiveness, those are those are both things that are prominent. But the one that I think is the most prominent is tentativeness. 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 Yeah, that word right there. Yeah. Um, they Because kids of angry parents, they hesitate. They're so afraid to make a mistake. They're so worried that any action that they do is going to create this reaction from their parents, this, this angry monster going to come out of nowhere from what they've done. Then they hesitate. They don't, they, they don't really talk and they don't, they're not who, they're not who they are. My favorite thing in the world to see a child being who they are, you know, dancing around and, and happy and living their life. Even, even when they're throwing the biggest fit ever because they didn't get what they wanted that's who they are and the child that is fearful of the parent they won't do that they'll become a um almost like a half person invisible yeah. i coached a lot of baseball when my kids were young and um i mean young meaning like six to twelve and um you know there were certain parents that would um that were all over their kids during ball games you know and you would watch the kid and it was so hard to get that kid to hit well because they would literally step out of the box and look at their dad to see you know right, what approval. and it's like and they were so uh hesitant at the plate versus you know uh we would try if the parent wasn't there it was almost it was so much better because you they would just get in there and swing the bat you know and they would swing like they knew how to already swing mm. we taught them how to swing and but they when the dad was there you know and, and really had to have a couple of conversations with with moms and dads, it wasn't just dads, to say, okay, when your kid goes up to the plate, you have to be quiet. Do you understand? I mean, if you want that kid to be on this team, then yeah. you need to be because you're not helping him at all when you're up. I, I, we've been doing this a long time. We've seen it happen a long time. And you're not helping because you're creating tentativeness in their swing. Um, now, do you want to do that? No, I don't. Okay. I, and, and they kind of know, but they don't know. And then half of them would do it and half of them wouldn't. But it, it's, and it's crazy how we can't stop it. But that's an example of creating tentativeness mm -hmm. if that's that, that word <laughs> sounds like we're going camping we're creating tentativeness and uh, but it's a uh, it's it's a great um great lesson to learn that um and i had to stop it myself as a dad i i would with the best intentions keep trying to correct my kids swing coaching third base 
And I finally, and I learned that I was speaking differently to my kid or coaching first base actually is where I was, but because they could see me from the right-hand side, they could see me and I would, and I found that I had to, I treated my kid different than the other kids. Mm. I would correct my kid. I would be firmer. I would be more angry with my, you know, my tone was different and I had to change it because it was damaging to my child. Yeah, we could do a whole podcast on how to encourage your kid through sports versus (laughs) (laughs) yell at them. Um, Um, But anger is definitely not, you know, just a bottom line. Anger is not something you ever need to bring to the court or to the field or anything like that. Your kid's got enough pressure on themselves to play the game without having their parent overreacting. But talking about just even in the home again, just thinking about situations what is it that brings up anger in you? What is it that your kids do that trigger that anger? I mean, well, and I think for some parents that they tell us a lot, I don't know how to get them to obey without being angry. Mm-hmm. And, or they feel like if you take away my anger button or my that response, you, well, you're actually taking away my firmness. Yeah, that you can't be firm without being angry. And and let me tell you, parents, that's a lie. That's a lie that you can, that you have to be angry when you're firm. In fact, if you learn it and you, here's the first part of this whole podcast, we're trying to get you to believe that anger is detrimental. So now we got to give you ways to go about it and and how to do it. Well, when you can disassociate, there's another big word. (laughs) When you can disassociate, like tentativeness. (laughs) You you said it right though. When you can disassociate firmness with anger, then now, because think about it. If, if you are a calm, firm person, um, then you will command, you will ultimately, maybe not at first, it takes time to really have this take hold, but you will command respect in your home. And so when, when they know that dad, hey, just dad's serious about this, but he's not going to be angry about it. You command a respect in your home rather than, I mean, so many times, like, you know, my dad tended to be angry and yell. And so my brother and I just kind of, we would, we would, oh, there's, that's Larry talk. We would say, you know, when we were growing up that it, Larry talk was he would just go off on us. And mm-hmm. so as soon as he did, we would just kind of shut down and figure out how to avoid it until we could get back and he was okay again. Yeah, and so that's just the opposite of my experience because my dad was never angry at me. Now, I saw him be angry, you know, when he would hit his thumb with a, you know, hammer or whatever. I saw him be angry, but he was never angry at me. He was always firm. And so I always respected, like I always wanted to do what was right, but never, never got punished, never got grounded, never got, I mean, any of those things, because he just would say, Suzanne, that's not right. You know, Suzanne, don't do that. That was it. It's all that needed to be said. I mean, never, he never, I never once heard him yell ever. And and think about it, parents. Wouldn't that be so cool if you just walked into a room and said, this is what we're going to do. And, yeah. and not that you did it without listening or whatever, but I mean, that's a whole nother topic, but that because you commanded the respect, they obeyed. Yeah. And so even with like so many times, like you had said earlier that parents say, well, I have to use anger to get my kids to obey. I just want to go ahead and let you know that you've, you've trained them to do that. 
you've you've trained them to respond to anger and so you too we too can train them to respond to firmness and not anger for me i had to use anger i thought i had to use anger to get them to obey because maybe i wasn't bossy enough because i was too kind because they could run all over me and and okay, realize so that that was not valuable i didn't want kids that could run all over me what do you say to the parent though that says and we hear this that um Oh, but you don't know my kid. My kid is, I mean, just so full of energy, doesn't listen, you know, whatever, has ADHD, yeah. um, whatever. How do you respond to that parent that says, the only way I can get their attention is to raise my voice because of their behavior, because of their personality? Right, right. And so I would say that you're, I would say, and I've said this actually, you're underestimating the intelligence of your child. And to go in and go ahead and extend them that honor, that value, that respect by not raising your voice, by not being angry, choosing to be firm by saying it, you know, we, we are going to go to bed right now. It's time to go to bed. No, it is nine o'clock. It's time to go to bed. And the, you get the, their, their response and everything else like that. And then you say it again. It's nine o'clock. It's time to go to bed. It's your bedtime. Um, then you can follow up with f- calm, cool, collected, firm. You will have a consequence if you don't go to bed. You know, if you're, if, if you're not in bed by nine o'clock, then your consequence will be that tomorrow night you go to bed at eight or whatever the consequence yeah. is. The, and so there is a firmness. And I just didn't want to encourage you to almost look at it as a challenge, maybe even as a game if you're competitive. How can you re- engage with your children using firmness instead of anger not raising your voice and not getting yourself mad because the reality is you want their obedience and the best way to get their obedience is to partner with them and you will not partner with them through anger you're not going to connect with them with anger we've already said that you you disassociate you disconnect with them you disengage when you use anger but you will connect with them when you use firmness yeah so Scenario-wise, let's just think about some practical examples here. Um, the siblings, your kids, your, they are the siblings, they're our kids, um, are fighting and, and are taking each other's things. Does that not make me mad? Absolutely it does. I mean, when, when, that, when, when our kids were little and they would fight or they would, you know, want play over a toy. Even right now it's the grandkids. And, and, you know, I'm just like, Oh, it just, it feels like it. And they both start screaming and it feels like a war zone. And so just imagine a response. Like the mom goes in, she rips the toy away. She yells at one kid to the big brother. Don't take that from your little brother. Your little brother loves that toy. We bought that for him at the store. You know, and little brother's over here crying and you yell the little brother, stop crying. Big brother's going to give it back to you. Here it is. And then you hand it to the little kid. Okay, so if you could imagine a big giant X and a buzzer, that's not how you do that situation. So same scene, two little kids, they're fighting over it. You walk in and you say, um, um, hand me that toy. I need, I need to have that toy. And then you take the toy very calmly and firmly say, because you've made this toy more important than your relationship, I'm going to put this toy up on the shelf. And when you guys have decided on how you're going to share it, then I'll give it back to you because I want you to play with the toy. I think it's a great idea for you to have the toy. I bought you the toy. Yeah. Little brother, little, this is little brother's favorite toy and big brother, you know, that with little brother, but we're not going to make it more important. And so 
calm, cool, collected. The little kids are looking at you with big, giant eyes like, wait a minute, who's this mommy? I mean, mommy usually rants and raves and joins us in our fit, so all three of us are throwing a fit, but yeah. now mommy's calm and cool. She must be serious. Yeah. So, and I think there's another great point to put into that, that when you, so often we bring more tension into the situation, that as a parent, we have more power. Yeah. Whether we believe it or not, we do. And so, so we don't even need anger. Well, we, we don't well, because and, we have influence. And not too. only that, but when we got to realize that when we bring anger into a situation, if the kid's angry, it's one thing. I mean, it's somewhat like male and female. So like if, and whether we like it or not, it's true. If, if Suzanne gets upset, it's like, it bothers the boys, but it's like, oh, that's that's what mom does sometimes. Mm -hmm. But if I get upset, there is more power in that. There's mm -hmm. more power in, in, and some people will argue that out. Uh, like we can argue it later, but I mean, but that's what happens when you're the parent versus the child. When you move into that situation with your own anger, it's like double anger. It's like it triple is. anger. Yes. And so you're bringing more versus when you bring calmness into the situation remember you're trying to diffuse the situation and why how, why is it we think we need to bring more anger into the situation more chaos because obviously more... anger was not working <laughs> i mean yeah. for them yeah. even yeah exactly yeah i think that so many times or I, I know so many times that i've had to tell the parent remember you're the parent you're the adult yeah. you're not the four-year-old so you don't get to act like the four-year-old yeah. you have to act like the adult you get you need to bring the calm cool collected to the situation and with that firmness especially if there's disobedience mm -hmm. firmness needs to be in there but firmness is going to take you so much further than anger yeah so what about a kid lying to you lying to your face and you know he's lying well, how, how do we, I mean, I, we're, we're just trying to think of things that really make no, us angry. No, and so for me, I laugh about that because I, I have, I've, I've told a parent this before. Yeah, I, the people are thinking I'll never, I'll never ask Suzanne a question again. <laughs> but I've told the parent, are you angry? Are you angry with your child? Because your child is, is going to lie to you out of self-preservation because they would rather you not know the truth than get the reaction and the response of anger from you. They don't want you because remember we said it earlier, when we are angry with our kids, they do not, they do not see that you're angry at what they're doing. They interpret as you're angry at them, their very being. And then that anger is then in their little minds turned to my parents don't love me. They, they reject, they're rejecting me. My parents hate me. I mean, and you've heard that before you hate me. Why do you hate me? And then you've even heard kids say, I hate you mm -hmm. because they're feeling that rejection at such a high level that the only way to know how to respond is to hate back. So I would say to the parent whose kids lying to them, are you being angry? And if you are, what can you do about that? Yeah. And the same thing happens like when a kid's screaming at you, you know, or throwing a fit or whatever, you know, you're like, I've, I've done this before. I mean, I look at the child and I just go, you know what? I don't talk to you that way. Mm -hmm. And so you don't get to talk to me that way. Now, if I did talk to him that way, then I couldn't make that claim. But instead I was like, you know what? <clears throat> In our house and the way we do things, um, we don't talk to each other that way. And I don't get to talk to you that way. You don't get to talk to me that way. So if you're going to do that, then I've got to up the consequences until you stop doing that mm -hmm. because I'm the parent and I'm not going to allow you to do that. Now, I haven't said that in an angry way. Maybe I've said it in a firm way and I, that I believe that. And plus, 
And here, here goes the next part of that. I mean, what we're going back to is I haven't done it. And so, you know, and even so flip that. And, and if I do it, mm-hmm. if I get angry with my kids, I will go back to them and say, because I see the hurt and I see the way it damages, I say, you know what? I don't get to do that. I don't, I, I don't care what you do to me. I never get to speak. As the dad of this house, I never get to speak to you in that way. And so I'm sorry. And I think that's so good. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think as parents, we think that we have the right to get angry at our kids. And I would like to tell you, you do not. We do not. We actually do not have the right to get angry at, for sure, a gift that God has given well, us to train up in the way that we should go. But we actually don't have the right to get mad at angry. I, I, I've like, given an example of this before, and it's a kind of an extreme example. But um, you guys really won't want to talk to us after. But, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, just th- I said, think about if you were sitting, uh, if you were, uh, you know, walking by a baseball field and you saw a dad with his son and the dad is talking to his son about playing baseball or whatever. And, and all of a sudden, the dad got angry and just punched the son in the nose. I mean, what would you do? You would run over there, and anybody would, and go, oh, and the kid's, you know, backed up. He's, he's, you know, he's bleeding out of his nose, and he's hurting, and he's crying. And you would say, oh, my goodness, arrest this guy because right. he has, you know, you know, he's hit his son in the nose. I mean, it's, it's a horrible thing. And, and please... By this analogy, we're not advocate. We're, we're saying it's a horrible, horrible thing. Yet, if you saw that same dad yelling at his kid, telling him he was a terrible kid because he couldn't hit a baseball and he never did anything right and he was lazy or whatever, we wouldn't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't feel like, but yet, those very words damage that kid's, they make his soul bloody. Yeah. And, and, and bruised just like that physical punch does. And again, I'm not saying any way that, that I mean, it, and on that, on, you know, on behalf of that dad, the dad truly believes he's motivating the kid to do better. Mm-hmm. And he, and, and I would even go, I would even give him the, to, I would even say, yeah, you probably are, but you're, or you're motivating out of fear. And that's fear that he's going to let you down, fear that he's not good enough. And so that's not what we want to, that's not what we want to do with our kids. We don't want to use anger to motivate through fear to get our kids to perform, obey, achieve anything. It's not, anger is not, anger is not a connective Well, and think about that same scenario and forget the physical part of it for a minute, but just say, instead of that dad saying, hey man. I believe in you. You can do this. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely believe you can be an amazing hitter. Now, we're going to work on this. I mean, just say in similar, instead of, why don't you ever do this? Why do you keep making the same mistakes over and over again? You know, just speaking belief versus speaking, uh, you know, a negative identity. Yeah. Usually with anger comes a negative identity. Same thing like, you know, um, what happens when everybody's trying to get ready and um, everybody's just moving in slow motion. They don't want to stop their video games. They don't want to stop whatever it is. Oh, my goodness. That one can just really. I'm, I'm a person who values being on time. So that <laughs> Poor is Don. Just, and, and what I learned with seven kids and a wife is that you're only as good as your slowest person. So you, so you have to figure out who is, who's the, who's the, uh, the critical path is the person who's going to be the slowest and you got to get them going because you got to get all of them out at the same time. And so, I mean, just with that scene right there, yelling and screaming at the slowest person's 
maybe making them move a little bit faster, but it's just creating tension and stress for everybody else. And so that's not the, the way to do that. And so some practical things is to go in on knowing that the slowest, knowing that your weakest link, your slowest person, what are you going to do to help them? I mean, mm-hmm. and so that's the, but it goes back to, you're not getting your way. You're not getting in the car on time. You're not getting out the door when you want to. And so knowing that, okay, I, I, this is what I want defining that. And then what's it going to take for me to get that? <laughs> How am I going to get the cooperation of everybody to get that versus being angry on the back end when you don't get it? Yeah. So, you know, we could do all kinds of scenarios, but we, we think you've probably gotten the, gotten the hint a little bit about what we wanted to do in this podcast is just alert you to the dangers of anger and how it's expensive as a relationship withdrawal and then just start to talk through how to how to not do it and, and how to think differently about it. You know, here's just a few practical ways to exchange anger. Remember, we said encourage extravagantly and correct carefully. How do you exchange anger for careful correction? How, it, again, correct your kids, please. But do it, in a, you know, the Bible tells us to do it with great patience and careful instruction. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is, is to, we, we talk about this in our discipline course. If you want to go to base camp and go into our relational discipline course, we have seven discipline drivers. And one of those discipline drivers is to respond instead of react. Yeah. And if you think about that, if you're, if you're going to respond, then you can think, I'm, I'm going to be angry here. I'm going to choose to be angry here. Like I believe Jesus walked in with the tables and said, this is what I'm going to do. You're I'm going to ra- prepare. You're preparing your rope. You're preparing. <laughs> exactly. He, he prepared for the anger. Mm. He said, this is the emotion that needs to be displayed right here, right now. And I'm going to use it. And so, but most of us, and for me, for sure, as a parent, I reacted. It's something that came up out of nowhere and it blew everybody up in the, in the, in the midst of it all. And so one of the best ways to do that is to stop and take a deep breath think for a second what's the best way for me to re to to respond respond versus react what's the best way for me to respond to this situation and I guarantee you nine times out of ten it won't be anger at all there might be one of those you know if the kid's running in the street you know you're going to react with anger more so fear that the child's going to get hurt but most situations are not that um, time critical damaging and so respond and then take a deep breath and think for just a second what's the best way for me to respond here what's the best way and and just a a little piece of that too is after you've after you've taken a deep breath if you've got a little kid then I highly recommend that you get down on their level and look eye to eye to them and then use your sentence. So many times with anger, if you think about it, we're standing tall, lording over, coming at our kids, just spraying our anger bullets all over them. But if you think about it, if you stop, take a breath, get down on their level, look at them eye to eye because they are a little person. You're acknowledging and value them as a little person. And then you know what? The eyes are the window to the soul. So then you get to see into their little soul and all of a sudden you're calm because now you're talking to the, to their little soul. And what do you want? You, you want the best for their little soul. You want to connect with their little soul. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was um, a parent of four girls at that time, um, sometimes I would just, I got in the habit of asking Suzanne, hey, I'm really angry about this. What should I do? You know, what would you, what would be your counsel? Because um, I and he said it just like that too, which I think is hysterical. He'd be like, I'm really angry. And I'd take a look at him like, really? 
Yeah, because cool, cool, cool. Because my self control on that anger. Yeah, my anger usually when I get really angry, I actually get quiet, and then if I blow up, it's good. It's because it's just really gotten to me, and it's gotten past the. But I would, I would say like, and and often she would say, you know, here's the context of things, and you know, it, it would help me to go in and be able to say things in a more tactful way, and sometimes I would just file it away. Not go, not going to do anything about that. And and that's really a lot of times that, you know, if, if you're angry, it's just, a, an, you know, asking God, asking your wife, kind of the same thing, you know, hopefully that they're hearing God's voice. And, and uh, but really it comes down to, God, how do you want me to respond in this situation? Give me guidance. And that it's really hard for us to think we're following God. Like you said, Suzanne says, anger tends to overcome us. And then we were, you know, that's where we got to, you know, it's just like any addiction, any, any yeah. issue, you know, we got to stop that first impulse. You know, if, how do you stop an alcoholic? Well, they don't drink, you know, right. and then they, when they have the cr- craving, they don't do it anymore. And they have accountability and things like that. And they talk to it about with people. It's, it's much the same process, but, um, but really just asking God to say, how, God, what is it? And realize it takes time to turn from anger, you know, Mm -hmm. so if you're an angry person right now and dealing with it, you know, it's going to take some time for you to to develop different habits. Well, and not only time, but intentionality. I mean, I remember going to like an anger management seminar type thing that we did. And I remember one of the things they said is write down everything that makes you angry. That was huge for me to take an inventory because it, like it's, like I said, it would come out of nowhere. But once I had the list, then it was like, oh, this is one of those things that makes me angry. Like when I would hurt myself, you know, dub mm-hmm. my toe or whatever, I would flare up with anger. And it's, and now that I know that it's like, oh, I'm angry because I hurt myself and don't lash out about yeah. anybody. That's just what it is. And so we just encourage you to know that like Don said, it's going to take time. Anger is not going to connect you to your kids. You do not want it in your home. You don't have the right as a parent to be angry with your little people. And then what's it going to take to, to, uproot that anger that's in your lives. What's it going to take? Lay it before the Lord and say, okay, God, I'm angry. I'm mad about this. I'm frustrated that my kid won't use the bat, won't go potty or won't go to bed at night or, you know, won't do their homework. That's what I was remembering when our kids would ask for one more thing when we were trying to put them to bed and they were trying to go to sleep. And I would finally just go, you got to, you're going to bed right now. You are going to bed. You're not going to ask me for one more thing. You know, just that type of stuff. And so, so many, I mean, just, and so that is, that is a nighttime ritual that I believe is the test of our parenting <laughs> patience. If you can yeah. be patient, because then, then you start thinking they're taking advantage of me. Yeah. They're manipulating me. You know, yeah. you get that word, my kid's manipulating they're, me, and then all of a sudden anger comes yeah. in because you're not getting what you want. They are evil. <laughs> exactly. They are evil children. <laughs> we do not negotiate <laughs> with terrorists. <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah. So, hey, what a way to end the podcast with evil children <laughs> that are terrorists. Not really. They're not. They're actually blessings, and they are actually wonderful <laughs> things. And that's another thing is, if I, let's close with that, is that one way to not be angry is to see your children as just children of God, fearfully and wonderfully made. And, you know, because we that we do, it's so we can think all those bad things, that they're manipulating no, us and they're bad and they're yes. doing all this stuff. But in reality, God has made them exactly the way he wants, and they are just growing up and they are learning 
and we are with them on the journey with Jesus. And not only are they all those wonderful things you just said, yes. but they actually are God's gift to you. Because think about it. Have you ever been as angry as you are with that little kid when you're putting him to bed? I mean, and so he's, it's ironing, sharpening iron. He's going in and changing things and fixing things and, and drawing you closer to him. Because my goodness, we need Jesus more than any other time when our kids have pushed our buttons. And so they're your gift. Look at it as a gift yeah. to make you better. So a longer podcast today than normal because a lot to cover with anger. It's, let's wrap it up with this. I'm wrapping it up for the third time, I think. But we are, it's a serious issue. And we've had fun with it a little bit, but it really is serious. It is an expensive relationship withdrawal. It will drive your kids away over time. And so, and the Bible says, don't do it. The Bible says, uh, be very careful with your anger and um, refrain from it. And it, and it, all those things. And so don't be provoked in your spirit for anger resides in the lap of fools. Proverbs, uh, Ecclesiastes 7, 9 says. So let's work on not being angry and watch it, you know, and, and replace it. Remember, we said encourage extravagantly and correct carefully. Come in with more encouragement. Be careful with your correction and be careful with your anger and watch your home change. Hey, this is one way you always go be crazy. This is a crazy way to live life, but God's ways are crazy, and we always want you to do that. Go be crazy, parents. CrazyCoolFamily.com.